0: Listening to the Lanch J Radio Network. say repeatedly i don't i don't really talk about my family a lot on this show but i wanted to take a segment and this might be a little bit difficult for me to get through but today would have been my grandfather's 97th birthday charles bradford who was an iconic preacher in in the denomination that i grew up with as a, a seventh day adventist um, he was the basically the equivalent of the CEO of the Seventh Day Adventist Church in North America, and he was a groundbreaking pioneer, uh, a thought leader, a master orator, someone that loved the Word of God, loved people, and he was one of one of my best friends. I was really, really, really close to my grandfather, and he passed away last fall so this is this is the first birthday that he has not been with us and i loved my grandfather i adored my grandfather i worshiped the ground that my grandfather walked on i always say when i was seven years old my late mother sharon lewis would take me to to see my grandfather, he had just been elected and, and was in this CEO position. And every time I would visit my grandfather, he would insist that I sat in his chair. So I'm going into this big corporate building. I'm young, I'm only seven, eight years old, but I know that my grandfather's different. This is the eighties. He has this big corner office all of these people of caucasian descent working for him which was just not heard of during that time and he would always say he'd say jay you come and sit on my lap or you come i'm going to get out my chair you come sit in sit in my sit in the big chair and he would tell me he'd say he'd say jay you're going to run this church one day you're going to sit in this chair one day And that always meant a lot to me. Now, I didn't go into the ministry. But it meant so much to me that my grandfather was instilling in me at age 7, age 8. That your expectation is to sit in the corner office and sit in the big chair. I expect you to be a leader. I expect you to be a CEO. I expect you to be successful. I expect you to be well-educated, well-versed. I expect you to have... Uh, A wide, dazzling vernacular and vocabulary. I expect those things out of you. And as my grandfather got older, when he retired and I was in college, my grandfather had a bout with prostate cancer. And when you're a public figure and you travel a lot, Sometimes I think with my, with, my, with my mother and my uncles, my, my grandfather wasn't always home. Uh, he was a loving father, but he was on the road a lot. He was preaching. He was going to other countries. And so I think as my mom and, and my uncles were growing up, they, they had him around sometimes. I, definitely not in a neglectful fashion, but it's just, it's hard to be in two places at once. I think they went with him as much as they could, but sometimes they would go for weeks at a time and my grandfather would be would be out of the country. Or they would go down with my with my aunt down to Jacksonville because my, my grandfather and grandmother would be out of the country. I came along during a time where he was really retiring at the end of his career. I had my grandfather's undivided attention at 11, 12, 13. And when he had his bout with prostate cancer, I was a young adult. I was maybe 20. I was a a junior in in college. I spent most of a summer with him, and I took him to his proton therapy treatments. It wasn't chemo, but I took him to his treatments every day. And they were living in Spring Hill, Florida at the time. I used to drive him to Orlando at uh, Florida Hospital, which is now Advent Health. Uh, we're on, on on WDYZ. Shout out to WDYZ, Florida Man Radio, one hundred five point five FM, six sixty AM. One of our affiliates. We got to get some sponsorship with Advent Health. They should. They should definitely be sponsoring the show. I mean, I came out the Advent Health system for goodness sakes. We got really close when. I took him to those appointments because I saw his vulnerability. And, and when you're when your grandfather is a public figure, and, and many people think that he's anointed and, and such a an amazing transcendent speaker, people don't see the man behind that. They see they see what they see on the stage. They don't see what goes into preparation. I mean, it's, I found out later in life. And my grandmother is the boss. My grandmother is running it. She's she's the person paying the bills. She's the person making sure the house runs like clockwork. My grandmother still remembers directions on how to get in certain places in Harlem from when they lived in Harlem back in 1955. And she's like, no, Jay, you're up there. You gotta, you gotta take this street instead of this street. And I'm like, Grandma, you haven't been to Harlem in 50, 40, 40 or 50 years. Seeing the vulnerability of my grandfather really changed our relationship. And I got really close to him as he aged. He wasn't the legendary pastor anymore. He was just an elderly man that wanted to spend time with his family. But I was his chauffeur. We spent so much time trying to find restaurants during COVID to eat outside or or to get takeout. And I was driving a Range Rover at the time he would be shotgun in the Range Rover. I'd drive him around Huntsville, Alabama, as he aged and got older, his health deteriorated. I remember he couldn't ride with me anymore. And this time last year, he was in the hospital. He was kind of nearing the end. He was in a nursing home. And I remember going to see him and I was crying because I just, you know, I was losing my grandfather and I, and I loved him. Like I said, I adored him. And I'll never forget my grandfather he was kinda kinda half in it and I came in, and he looked up at me, and he said, Hey, what's going on, Jay? And he noticed that I was crying. He looked up at me and he kinda perked up. He said, He said, Son, I am ninety-six years old. What were you expecting to happen? And he was like, Take it like a man. And he was like, While you're taking it like a man, go and get me a diet Verners. <laughs> and when he said that, you know, he explained to me that he was ready. And then he lived a full life, and it completely changed. You know, a good leader is always showing you something to the very end. He wasn't worried about his soul salvation. He wasn't worried about any of those things. He just wanted to spend some time with me, and he wanted a diet ginger ale or a diet verners because they didn't have that at the nursing home. So I'd be like, all right, granddad, I'm going go up to, to Walgreens, get you a 24-pack of diet ginger ale. And we would sit and talk and we would sit and we'd talk about spiritual things. And he told me, he said, when I die, I want you to do these things. I want you to step up and be a leader in our family. I want you to step up and help people in our church. Use your talents. Even though you're not a pastor, use your talents to help the church. So I, I miss my grandfather and love him. And and I've talked about this before. While my grandfather was dying, my mother contracted COVID-19 and subsequently passed from COVID-19. So I lost my grandfather who I adored and my mother, who I adored a couple of days apart from one another. I literally watched my grandfather pass away the same day that my mother was put on a ventilator. And I had to watch my mom suffer. And the hospital she was at, Madison Hospital out in in Alabama, they did the best they could. The nurses were on top of it. They they took great care of her. Uh, My mother was vaccinated and boosted. And we thought my mother was healthy. I had COVID the same time she had it. I felt bad for maybe a day and a half, two days. She ultimately perished from it. And and I and I talk about it not just to 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 think of those who we have lost and my loved ones, but to talk about just family and mental health. Uh, I just can't speak on how depressed and how sickening it was. Uh, These are arguably the two, two of the most influential people in my life outside of my father. I lost two of the three most important people in my life in a week. I buried one, was at a funeral for one and literally was visiting my mother during the funeral for my grandfather, slipped out and went to the hospital to see my mother knowing that we were gonna to have to take her off of life support in a couple of days. And the outpouring of grief, I was not ready for it. They, they don't teach you. They don't teach you to handle grief when you lose several people that you love at once. And we were not ready to lose my mom. I prayed to God, I said, God, we can't lose her. I said, God, take me instead. I asked the doctors, I said, can you give her my lungs? My family is completely dependent on my mom. My mom took care of my dad. My mom took care of me. My mom took care of my grandparents. She was the center of our family. So to lose the the, the patriarch of our family, the undisputed leader of our family, the wisdom, the knowledge in my grandfather, and then lose, I always called my mom the, the COO. It was devastating to me. And I don't, I don't know how I survived it. Uh, my wife was really been wonderful. I wouldn't have made it without my wife. My father's been supportive. We've we've supported each other. But it it was it was a devastating experience. And and I just say this, I'm talking about it. I don't usually talk about it, but it's actually kind of cathartic. And I just tell the people out there listening to the show, man. whether you listening in, in on Urban One, whether you listening out in Kixie in Seattle, listening in, in Cashville? Hold your loved ones tight. Appreciate every second you have with them because you just never know. As I wrap up, I got so much from my grandfather and from my mother. And I spend a lot of time with my grandmother now. And it's like my grandmother's become my bestie. And we're carrying, we're carrying the torch on for the Bradford family. And we're carrying the torch on for for Christians and those that believe in God. And although we've had unbelievable setbacks, I've said frequently, we never lost faith in God for one second. We know that his plan is bigger than anything that we can conceive. And we are grateful for all that he's done for our family in spite of these tough times. Some words of encouragement from, from Lance day. Paragon 7 Studios. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. you're a business owner in the DMV and looking to expand your consumer base, Ward 8 is now accepting applications for an amazing retail project. Incubate the 8 will feature 10,000 square feet of retail space adjacent to the Congress Heights Metro Station and located next to several key entertainment venues in Washington, D.C. To apply, go to www.stelizabetheast.com and peruse the many development initiatives taking place in the Congress Heights neighborhood. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmode Squad. This man was on the track with LL, with LL and and, and Big Smiles. That's that's a legacy. That's hip hop history right there. I should change it to the Rampage Show. James Lewis. I'm not going to do that though. <laughs> you crazy? You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network.